0: I'm going to collect and I get to introduce my favorite preacher, a man who is honest to a fault, trust, trustworthy beyond anything I've ever known, someone who, as he beholds Jesus, he becomes more like him every day. My husband, the handsome Ed Blanchard. All right. Man, praise God. I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear myself after an introduction like that. Yeah, gosh. Well, uh, as uh, most of you know, we just ended the 21 days of uh, fasting. We did the Daniel Fast, and and being in the beginning of the year, uh, a lot of us are thinking about uh, getting better uh, health-wise, and eating right, and everything, and uh, so as we were doing the Daniel Fast, I just started thinking, you know what, it might be a good idea this year to to lose like 10 pounds, you know? How many of you guys are with me with that, you know, and uh, at least two two, three, four of you? You know, and I'm I'm happy to report that after about a month of this, I only have 15 pounds to go. So, yeah. So, all right. Uh, open your Bibles with me to Psalm 92, verse 13. It says, "Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish." Everybody say, "Shall flourish." Shall flourish. In the courts of our God. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you uh, for speaking to each one of us on an individual basis. Lord, your Holy Spirit is the teacher. I just ask that you teach us this morning. Speak to us on a personal level and help us to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when I read that verse, one major thing that I have to point out is uh, that you cannot flourish without being planted. You can't flourish, and uh, those people that, that bounce around from place to place to place and calling their house of the Lord, you know, many places, they're not going to flourish. They're not going to grow, and uh, we're going to talk about those. Now, I know that that's a little bit about, you know, church hoppers or two, two-timers. two I go on Easter and Christmas, you know. you know, Don't look at your neighbor, okay? We're not going to—there's no judgment in that. We're just trying to draw people one step closer to this, this morning, uh, but— When I think of the word flourish, uh, I I just kept looking at that word and I I just kept thinking about flourish, flourish. So I decided to look it up and uh, in uh, the Hebrew word for flourish means to bud or to sprout. It's uh, uh, like the precursor to a bloom. And so uh, how many of you guys just want to be a stick? Nobody wants to be a stick. You want to have beauty hanging from you. You want to have uh, lots of beautiful flowers. Maybe if you're a dude, you're like, oh, I'm okay with being a stick. But, uh, uh, you know, there's something special about something that is beautiful. And all of us want that significance of a flourishing blossom on us. And, um, you know, those... Those people that are planted in the house of the Lord, you know, I really like to say this. They're going to blossom with new life in God's courts. You guys are going to blossom like no other this year if you plant yourself in the house of the Lord. Okay, so I I have a picture for you. Uh, It's a picture of a desert. Actually, this is uh, Death Valley. Uh, Death Valley. So like... uh, as you can see, there's not a lot of greenery there. Uh, that place is dead. You know, there's, no, there's nothing living in there. Uh, as, a, as a matter of fact, I think they imported that cow head to illustrate the fact that it's Death Valley, you know, because there ain't no cows living out there. Um, but, uh, but anyways, something really extraordinary happened in uh, the, the winter of 2004. It was just kind of a phenomenon because it doesn't get rain out there. But uh, in the winter of 2004, they got seven inches of rain. It was just like a phenomenon. And uh, four months later, this is what happened. They they call it the super bloom. You can look it up online. And uh, that's the same valley. And uh, maybe instead of being called Death Valley, it should have been called Dormant Valley. Because the seeds of potential were always there to grow and uh, a lot of times I think that we look at ourselves and we think God when am I gonna blossom when am I gonna bloom when am I gonna become the person that God has created me to be when, when am I gonna become the person that you've created me to be let me tell you there are seeds of potential on the inside of you that are just lying dormant that are ready to bloom but it has to be in the right environment it has to be under the right circumstances. You have to intentionally place yourself in the right environment to grow. So let me just tell you the things that are inside of you aren't dead. God is looking at you and saying, You have potential, you have what it takes. God's saying, I know what's inside of you. I created you, I know what you are meant to be, and I want to see you bloom like that. So everybody has something to offer the body of Christ. Everybody. And uh, you may be looking at yourself because we tend to look at ourselves through our own lens, our own viewpoint because we see all of our mistakes, our hurts, habits, hang-ups, and all that. And uh, uh, God looks at you from another lens. He sees our potential because he still sees us from the day that we were born. And he sees us from before we were born, really. And he wants us to bloom like that. He wants us to flourish. Everybody say flourish. That's why we are passionate about our Next Steps program. And we are so excited because this has been uh, (laughs) something that's been in the works for a long time. And uh, we are are going to strategically walk you through. And uh, uh, first, you have to... You have to come meet our pastors. You don't have to. You get to meet our pastors uh, today after service. And, and uh, that, that's something that we, we want you to meet us because we want to know you. We want you to know what our heart is here at Abundant Life. And uh, this is a good opportunity for you to ask questions and to get answers about who we are And you get a free lunch out of it. Hey, you know, so uh, bump your neighbor and say, hey, that might be you. It might be you. Um, We want people to find the life that they were born to live. That's that's our that's our mission statement. We want to make sure that everybody knows that there's a life for you and that life is meant to be walked out by you. And we want to help you to find that life. And it all starts by coming to our Next Steps class right after service. And uh, so that might be you. Um, because we're all on a spiritual journey, and uh, we want to start it with you. Our second class is, uh, is a little bit more in-depth. We do a lot of spiritual giftings assessments. We do some uh, personality tests. And uh, so uh, how many of you guys want to know a little bit more about yourself? Can I see a show of hands? then the next step two class is, is probably right for you. you know, we, If you go through the first one, we want to bring you to the second one. And we want to strategically walk you through the process of finding your giftings and walking that out with Jesus. And our next, next step class is on March 8th. And so put that on your calendars. So uh, it's going to be great. Um, after service, we're even going to have a place that you can get signed up for those classes, and, and you can know a little bit more about that. Uh, instead of being called Death Valley, it should have been called Dormant Valley. Because the seeds of potential were always there to grow. And uh, a lot of times, I think that we look at ourselves and we think, God, when am I going to blossom? When am I going to bloom? When am I going to become the person that God has created me to be? When when am I going to become the person that you've created me to be? Let me tell you, there are seeds of potential on the inside of you that are just lying dormant, that are ready to bloom. But it has to be in the right environment. It has to be under the right circumstances. You have to intentionally place yourself in the right environment to grow. So, let me just tell you, the things that are inside of you aren't dead. God is looking at you and saying, you have potential. You have what it takes. God is saying, I know what's inside of you. I created you. I know what you are meant to be, and I want to see you bloom like that. So everybody has something to offer the body of Christ. Everybody. And uh, you may be looking at yourself because we tend to look at ourselves through our own lens, our own viewpoint. Because we see all of our mistakes, our hurts, habits, hang-ups, and all that. And uh, uh, God looks at you from another lens. He sees our potential because He still sees us from the day that we were born. And He sees us from before we were born, really. And He wants us to bloom like that. He wants us to flourish. Everybody say, Flourish. That's why we are passionate about our Next Steps program. And we are so excited because this has been a, uh, a wor- <laughs> something that's been in the works for a long time. And uh, we, are, we are going to strategically walk you through. And uh, uh, first, you have, to, you have to come meet our pastors. You don't have to. You get to meet our pastors uh, today after service. And, and uh, that, that's something that we, we want you to meet us. Because we want to know you. We want you to know what our heart is here at Abundant Life. And uh, this is a good opportunity for you to ask questions and to get answers about who we are. And you get a free lunch out of it. Hey, you know, so uh, bump your neighbor and say, hey, that might be you. It might be you. Um, We want people to find the life that they were born to live. That's, that's, our, that's our mission statement. We want to make sure that everybody knows that there's a life for you, and that life is meant to be walked out by you. And we want to help you to find that life. And it all starts by coming to our Next Steps class right after service. And uh, so that might be you. Um, because we're all on a spiritual journey, and uh, we want to start it with you. Our second class is, uh, is a little bit more in-depth. We do a lot of spiritual giftings assessments. We do some uh, personality tests. And uh, so uh, how many of you guys want to know a little bit more about yourself? Can I see a show of hands? Then the next step two class is, is probably right for you. You know, we, if you go through the first one, we want to bring you to the second one. And we want to strategically walk you through the process of finding your giftings and walking that out with Jesus. And our next next step class is on March 8th and so put that on your calendars so uh, it's gonna be great Um, after service we're even gonna have a place that you can get signed up for those classes and and you can know a little bit more about that Uh, but there are things that we can do to position ourselves to grow and to flourish and so we have to put ourselves in a right, uh, that right environment. You may feel like you're in a desert, but it's time to move yourself strategically in the body of Christ to become who you were called to be. If you isolate yourself, there's not going to be any growth. You can have your relationship with Jesus and, and think that you're, you're all good, you, just you two, but God created the body of Christ for a reason. And I'll talk a little bit about that. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So uh, I, here's some things that will help you flourish. Number one, I cannot go anywhere else without stating this fact: that you cannot flourish without a relationship with God. Period. You will not flourish. You can do all the religious activities. You can say all the quote all the scriptures you want. But if you do not have a relationship with God. You're not going to flourish. If you don't spend time with him, you're not going to flourish. God wants that close, intimate relationship with you. He doesn't want some kind of religion from you. Um, Now, God wants you to draw close. How many of you guys remember growing up with like those little glow things, like those glow toys? I remember when I was a kid in the 80s. Uh, there was these things that you like threw against the wall and and there were like these glow-in-the-dark bugs and they kind of crawled down the bugs and I think the commercial was like creepy crawlers you know anyways uh, maybe it was just me and you had your own glowing thing but I remember I always wanted one of those I think I got the generic knockoff one uh, maybe because my parents were cheap I don't know Uh, or they just didn't have any money I don't know but uh, anyways but I always got the ones and they would glow really great for the first night but by the second night It would dim. And then the third night, that thing, you could barely see it glowing. And and then uh, I was just like, man, Mom, what's wrong with this? And my mom would show me, all right, come on, go to the bathroom. And then stick it up next to the light. And then it, like, charged it up for, like, an hour. And then it would start to dim again. And how many of you guys have ever done that? You know, you are taking something and you're like, trying to get Come on, get brighter, get brighter. Because you want that dude to glow like it first glowed. And, uh, you know, I, I think... a lot of us are like that you know whenever we first come to God we really glow and we really shine but if we don't spend time with God we start to dim and dim we might get busy with life and we might have have different things going on but if we don't get into the light and we don't charge ourselves up and we get into communion with the father we're going to grow dim and guess what you're not going to see your steps because the, the, the person that knows all of our steps isn't going to be available to tell you because you're not in his courts. You're not, you're not listening to him. And so God wants that communion and he wants that connection with you. So turn to your neighbor and say, don't you be fading. Yeah. So uh, James 4.8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Another, another translation says, if you draw near to God, God's gonna draw near to you. That's one of my favorite, favorite promises in the Bible. That I don't believe that it's like God's just okay, let's see what he does. Let's see what he does. I feel like it's the red light, green light thing. You know, like, you know, you're at like, red light, green light, you know, but but God is like sprinting way faster. He's like the flash. He just wants to get to us. He wants an excuse to get close to us. And he just wants to get near us. But he can't. But that's the problem. You know, we have to draw near to Him. We have to take the the first step. We have to initiate that. So God longs to have a relationship with us. So uh, if you don't have a relationship with God, then everything else that I say beyond this point doesn't matter. Stop right here and examine your heart. And at the end, we're going to give you a chance to enter into that relationship. Okay? So uh, you'll never flourish without a Savior. And that Savior is available to you today. So, all right. Everybody say number two. Find your flourish by connecting with people. Yeah, everybody say connection. All right. Now, uh, there's, there's two... There's two uh, commandments that that Jesus broke down into uh, uh, the law. There's the Ten Commandments, and then Jesus said, you know what, all of the law can be summed up in these two commandments. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. But the second is just as important, to love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you know that you cannot love your neighbor if you're in isolation from your neighbor? You cannot pour out God's love if you do not connect with your neighbor. I believe that God wants connection through community. And God wants you to be connected. Now, uh, there's kind of a funny term. And don't you know. Maybe it was just me. And you had your own glowing thing. But I remember I always wanted one of those. I think I got the generic knockoff one. Uh, Maybe because my parents were cheap. I don't know. Uh, Or they just didn't have any money. I don't know. But uh, anyways, but I always got the ones. And they would glow really great for the first night. But by the second night. It would dim. And then the third night, that thing, you could barely see it glowing. And and then uh, I was just like, man, Mom, what's wrong with this? And my mom would show me, all right, come on, go to the bathroom and then stick it up next to the light. And then it, like, charged it up for, like, an hour. And then it would start to dim again. And how many of you guys have ever done that? You know, you are taking something and you're like, trying to get, come on, get brighter, get brighter. Because you want that dude to glow like it first glowed. And, uh, you know, I, I think... That a lot of us are like that, you know. Whenever we first come to God, we really glow and we really shine. But if we don't spend time with God, we start to dim and dim. We might get busy with life and we might have have different things going on. But if we don't get into the light and we don't charge ourselves up and we get into communion with the Father, we're going to grow dim. And guess what? You're not going to see your steps because. The, the, the person that knows all of our steps isn't going to be available to tell you because you're not in his courts. You're not, you're not listening to him. And so God wants that communion, and he wants that connection with you. So turn to your neighbor and say, don't you be fading. Yeah. So uh, James 4.8 says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Another, another translation says, if you draw near to God, God's going to draw near to you. That's one of my favorite, favorite promises in the Bible. That I don't believe that it's like God's just, okay, let's see what he does. Let's see what he does. I feel like it's the red light, green light thing. You know, like, you know, you're at red light, green light, you know, but, but God is like sprinting way faster. He's like the flash. He just wants to get to us, He wants an excuse to get close to us. I and mean, He just wants to get near us. But He can't. But that's a problem. You know, we have to draw near to him. We have to take the, the first step. We have to initiate that. So God longs to have a relationship with us. So uh, if you don't have a relationship with God, then everything else that I say beyond this point doesn't matter. Stop right here and examine your heart. And at the end, we're going to give you a chance to enter into that relationship. Okay? So uh, you'll never flourish without a Savior. And that Savior is available to you today. So, all right. Everybody say number two. Find your flourish by connecting with people. Yeah, everybody say connection. All right. Now, uh, there's, there's two... There's two uh, commandments that that Jesus broke down into uh, uh, the law. There's the Ten Commandments, and then Jesus said, You know what? All of the law can be summed up in these two commandments. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. But the second is just as important, to love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you know that you cannot love your neighbor if you're in isolation from your neighbor? You cannot pour out God's love if you do not connect with your neighbor. I believe that God wants connection through community and God wants you to be connected. Now uh, there's kind of a funny term and don't nobody take uh, nobody get religious on me on this. I, I was just kind to think of what I could call this variety of Person, uh, and I'm not throwing throwing shots or anything, but because uh, I don't really even know, because I sit up here in the front. But th- there are some people that get in habitually, not occasionally, habitually like five minutes late and leave right as the pastor is like giving the uh, the altar call. You know, it's just like, hey, as soon as he says, "Amen," I'm a halfway to the car. You know, uh, so don't look at your neighbor, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, I call those. Phantom Christians, you know, like Phantom of the Opera, where you kind of see them, but you kind of don't. You know, it's just like, I, I looked over my shoulder and it's just like, hey, yeah, I think I saw you, you know. But, but after service, you know, don't be that. Come beforehand, have a, a cup of cold brew, and coffee that is, uh, uh, and, and get with another believer. Talk about life. Because that's not just so that you can have coffee, so that you can be awake during the sermon. That's so that you can have connection with other believers. You know, after service, you know, don't be so quick to run off to Chicken Express. They're going to have chicken an hour later. But, but take, take 15, 20 minutes and use that to your advantage to connect with people. Because God said that, hey, it's not good for man to be alone, right? Yeah, so he, mean, he meant that for you, not your neighbor. He meant that for you. And so get into connection because if you are not connecting with people, you're missing out. You're missing out and you're not going to flourish to the point that God has desired for you to flourish. And so God wants you to connect with people uh, on a whole nother level, not just mark church off as a spiritual duty. You know, like, oh, I got that done. I don't feel better about myself. No, he wants you to make connection and then get food for that day here at church. Um, now, everybody kind of knows that whenever I do the transition and you, I do the meet and greet where you meet your neighbor and everything, I say something kind of ridiculous like, you know, hey, tell your neighbor hey, you look skinny this week, you know, or something like that. You know, I'm trying to strike up conversation and that, that really That that thing, that transition means a lot to me because of this one story. There was one uh, Saturday night that uh, Ash and I were at our old church and the pastor stood up there and said, hey, why don't you take a few minutes, meet your neighbor and uh, just connect with somebody And so we turned around and, you know, I usually at this point in my life didn't take this time very seriously like I should have. And, you know, but something in me was just like, I need to turn around and just talk to somebody. And so uh, the first guy that I saw was this uh, elderly gentleman and uh, his name was Tom. And uh, at this point, Ash was pregnant with honor. This is a little over five years ago. And, uh, you know, we just started talking to him and, And he started pouring his heart out to us and said, "You know, hey, I just lost my wife about a month ago and I'm really just, I need prayer. And my heart just broke for this guy. And I didn't know what to do, but I I just felt like I gotta do something for this guy. You know, if I had had a $100 bill in my pocket, I would have given it to him, but I I, I was dirt poor at that time. I didn't have no money uh, and I didn't have anything to give. But like the first thing that came out of my mouth is like, Okay, you know, if, if you, hey, if, you, if I see you next week, you can come sit, sit by us. Sit by us. We want to do life with you. Because my first thought was like, man, this guy, it must be hard for him to come to church all alone because he's been with his wife this whole time. And I, would, I, I don't want that to be hard for him. You sit with us. And so I made that opportunity for him. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I kind of forgot about it the next week. And then I ran into him the week later. And I was like, there are some people that get in habitually, not occasionally, habitually like five minutes late and leave right as the pastor is like giving the, the, the altar call. You know, it's just like, hey, as soon as he says amen, I'm a halfway to the car. You know, and it's a don't look at your neighbor, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, I call those phantom Christians, you know, like Phantom of the Opera, where you kind of see them, but you kind of don't. You know, it's just like I, I looked over my shoulder and it's just like, hey... Yeah, I think I saw you, you know, but but after service, you know, don't be that. Come beforehand, have a a cup, of cold brew and coffee, that is. uh, uh, And and get with another believer. Talk about life, because that's not just so that you can have coffee so that you can be awake during the sermon. That's so that you can have connection with other believers. You know, after service, you know, don't be so quick to run off to Chicken Express. They're going to have chicken an hour later. But, but take, take 15, 20 minutes and use that to your advantage to connect with people. Because God said that, hey, it's not good for man to be alone, right? Yeah, so he, mean, he meant that for you, not your neighbor. He meant that for you. And so get into connection because if you are not connecting with people, you're missing out. You're missing out and you're not going to flourish to the point that God has desired for you to flourish. And so God wants you to connect with people uh, on a whole nother level, not just mark church off as a spiritual duty, you know, like, Oh, I got that done. I don't feel better about myself. No, he wants you to make connection and then get food for that day here at church. Um, now, Everybody kind of knows that whenever I do the transition and you, I do the meet and greet where you meet your neighbor and everything, I say something kind of ridiculous like, you know, hey, tell your neighbor, hey, you look skinny this week, you know, or something like that. You know, I'm trying to strike up conversation and that, that really, that, that thing, that transition means a lot to me because of this one story. There was one uh, Saturday night that uh, Ash and I were at our old church and The pastor stood up there and said, hey, why don't you take a few minutes, meet your neighbor, and uh, just connect with somebody. And so we turned around. And, you know, I usually, at this point in my life, didn't take this time very seriously like I should have. And, you know, but something in me was just like, I need to turn around and just talk to somebody. And so uh, the first guy that I saw was this uh, elderly gentleman. And uh, his name was Tom. And uh, at this point, Ash was pregnant with honor. This is a little over five years ago. And, uh, you know, we just started talking to him. And, and he started pouring his heart out to us and said, you know, hey, I just lost my wife about a month ago. And I'm really just, I need prayer. And this, my heart just broke for this guy. And I didn't know what to do, but I, I just felt like I got to do something for this guy. You know, if I had had a hundred dollar bill in my pocket, I would have given it to him. But I, I, I was dirt poor at that time. I didn't have no money, uh, and I didn't have anything to give. But like the first thing that came out of my mouth is like, "Okay, you know, if if hey, if you if I see you next week." you can come sit, sit by us, sit by us. We want to do life with you. Because my first thought was like, man, this guy, it must be hard for him to come to church all alone because he's been with his wife this whole time. And I, would, I, I don't want that to be hard for him. You sit with us. And so I made that opportunity for him. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it the next week. And then I ran into him the week later. And I was like, Tom, where have you been? You haven't sit by us. Like it was his fault or something. Uh, and, and then uh, anyways, I got his number and I called him the next week. He, he sat with us for two years on a Saturday night service, every single week. We did Thanksgiving with one another, Christmas a little bit, and um, it's just such a beautiful thing when people take time and just make something like a small gesture like that, and then look to find a way to be connected with somebody else. We just had lunch, uh, dinner with him a couple of weeks ago. So we still have that relationship with him. And I believe that God has relationships just like that for each one of you. But you have to slow down and you have to make allowances for that. You have to be intentional about that. And I will never look at my time at church again like, but like I did before that moment, because there are Toms out there that need a life-giving word and need loving touch from each one of you. Now, uh, and he's done so much for my life and our life. So, um, real quick, uh, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says, "Iron sharpens iron, as an, as one friend sharpens another friend." Now, I think that some people. Look at this as like it's a spiritual hall pass to, to correct or to challenge people, you know. And so it's like, hey, you're not going to have that permission to challenge somebody until you've created a relationship with people. You know, don't don't uh, uh, go into something because like that uh, hastily, you know, because friends sharpen friends. People hurt others by trying to sharpen prematurely. And so so... Come in, come into a relationship, not with what you want to correct about somebody, but come into a relationship, innocent, full of life, saying, hey, I want what you have and I want to give you what I have, which is love, first of all, because you could have all these amazing words, you can have all these amazing confessions, hey, and, uh, but if you have not love, then it's all worthless, right, right? So make that your first number one priority because a religion doesn't honor God. Re- religion doesn't transform people. Relationship does. Relationship with God and relationship with his people. So, um, okay. So I'm going to skip down to, uh, okay. So next week we're, we're going to be starting life groups and that's an opportunity for you to get connected. There are all kinds of life groups that are available on Sunday nights, uh, different homes, and uh, uh, those things aren't just so that we can do something else. Those things are there for a connections opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. Opportunity. We can take advantage of an opportunity, but if we don't, hey, that's a flourishing moment. Okay, you know, if, if you, hey, if, you, if I see you next week, you can come sit, sit by us. Sit by us. We want to do life with you. Because my first thought was like, man, this guy, it must be hard for him to come to church all alone because he's been with his wife this whole time. And I, would, I, I don't want that to be hard for him. You sit with us. And so I made that opportunity for him. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I kind of forgot about it the next week. And then I ran into him the week later. And I was like, Tom! Where have you been? You haven't sit by us. Like it's his fault or something. Uh, and, and then uh, anyways, I got his number and I called him the next week. He, he sat with us for two years on a Saturday night service. Every single week. We did Thanksgiving with one another, Christmas a little bit. And um, it's just such a beautiful thing when people take time. And just make something like a small gesture like that. And then look to find a way to be connected with somebody else. We just had lunch, uh, dinner with him a couple of weeks ago. So we still have that relationship with him. And I believe that God has relationships just like that for each one of you. But you have to slow down. And you have to make allowances for that. You have to be intentional about that. And I will never look at my time at church again like like I did before that moment. Because there are Toms out there that need a life-giving word and need loving touch from each one of you. Now, uh, and he's done so much for my life and our life. So, um, real quick, uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, "Iron sharpens iron, as an, as one friend sharpens another friend." Now, I think that some people look as at this as like it's a spiritual hall pass to to correct or to challenge people, you know. And so it's just like, "Hey, you're not going to have that permission to challenge somebody until you've created a relationship with people." You know, don't don't uh, uh, go into something because like that. Uh, hastily, you know, because friends sharpen friends, people hurt others by trying to sharpen prematurely. And so, so come in, come into a relationship, not with what you want to correct about somebody, but come into a relationship, innocent, full of life saying, Hey, I want what you have and I want to give you what I have, which is love, first of all. Because you could have all these amazing words, you can have all these amazing confessions, hey. And, uh, but if you have not love, then it's all worthless, right? Right? So make that your first number one priority because a religion doesn't honor God. Re- religion doesn't transform people. Relationship does. Relationship with God and relationship with his people. So, um, okay. So, I'm going to skip down to... uh, Okay. So, next week, we're going to be starting life groups. And that's an opportunity for you to get connected. There are all kinds of life groups that are available on Sunday nights, uh, different homes. And uh, uh, those things aren't just so that we can do something else. Those things are there for a connections opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. opportunity. We can take advantage of an opportunity, but if we don't, hey, that's a flourishing moment and we could miss out on those things. So, and I'm not trying to high pressure salesmen you. If you go to another church, find your opportunity at another church, get connected. And and that that's there for you. And I'm I'm telling you all of this. And if, hey, if if abundant life, if you don't like our heartbeat here, I will help I will personally help you to find a place that you fit well in, okay? But we want you to come here Dig our vibe and then come get connected. So, yes, dig our vibe. Yes. So, uh, but hey, I truly, I truly believe this that um, transformation happens in life groups. Transformation happens in life groups. You come to church and you experience God. You might start your transformation here, but you experience God in church service but you get transformed in life groups. You get transformed by relationship. So find your flourish by getting connected with the body. Okay, number three. Everybody say number three. You'll find your flourish when you serve God by serving others. Mm, That is hot. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, You will find your flourish when you serve God by serving others. Uh, There was a couple... This last week, uh, my oldest son, he was being a little ornery and, uh, you know, he just kept pushing the buttons of his siblings, you know, he just kept pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And so I was like, fine, I'm going to find something that you don't like and I'm going to make you do it. Just because I'm the dad, you know, I wasn't being a very good dad at that point. I'll be honest with you, and uh, so I, I made him do the dishes, and it was like one of the first times he's done the dishes. You know, it's like nobody likes doing dishes. You know, you might, I don't know, but we don't. And so, uh, anyways, it was more work on me because I was like, no, do it this way. No, don't, don't drop the glass bowl. You know, and, and but uh, anyways, he was just like, why do I gotta do this? You know, and uh, you know, just putting you in in a in a family setting. You know, I'm just being real with you, and. Uh, You know, in that time, after a few minutes, he was just like, I like doing this. I was just like, praise Jesus. He works all things together for good. You know, and so uh, anyways, (coughs) no joke, you know. And so uh, he thought it was kind of fun. I think that we look at serving as like more of an obligation and a duty. And we don't look at the fun and the joy and the connections, opportunities that come along with it. God has so much more than you to just accomplish a task. He wants you to connect with the local body and partner with our mission here or wherever you're from. And so those, and then, okay, so, you know, at our house, you know, and and, you know, we're potty training a a three-year-old right now, and religion doesn't transform people, relationship does relationship with God and relationship with his people so um, okay so I'm gonna skip down to uh, okay so next week we're, we're gonna be starting life groups and that's an opportunity for you to get connected there are all kinds of life groups that are available on Sunday nights, uh, at different homes. And uh, uh, those things aren't just so that we can do something else. Those things are there for a connections opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. opportunity. We can take advantage of an opportunity, but if we don't, hey, that's a flourishing moment. And we could miss out on those things. So, and I'm not trying to high pressure salesman you. If you go to another church, find your opportunity at another church. Get connected.